welcome back. Today we have Jeremy back on the show. We both concluded after our last conversation that we touched on a few areas that absolutely required hours more of unpacking and discussion in order to even attempt to do them justice. So today we talk further about education um, and what it actually is, and we disagree on that further a little bit. And we talk about media and how it works. And we talk more about the vast conspiracy landscape. And I suppose I go a little bit more over to his side of the playground in some areas. Um, And maybe next time I'll pull him over to my side of the playground a bit more in order to try and find some kind of synthesis. It's Hegel again, right? Cool. So welcome back to the show. Here is Jeremy Hayden. So where do you want to go? Anywhere you want. You Continue want to touch apart. Last time we were talking, uh, I quite like the fact that we started on um, talking about the conspiracy world, as we rightly should. Um, mm-hmm. But then we also seem to talk about the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. And we also started talking about education and children. God, mm-hmm. I hate children. I don't yeah. hate children, of course. Um, but I was thinking more about education right. and what education is. Right. And you raised the topic because when I said education, you, you said teachers. Right. And I think I was inferring that you said, oh, teachers in school. Right. Or the school system. Right. Fatally and, flawed, yes. Yeah. And that is obviously part of education. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that that's a small part of education. And when we're talking about education broadly, mm-hmm. we're talking about all of the information that the the mass population can receive and process and talk about right. and grapple with. Right. So, and validate or invalidate. And so that's a much wider sphere right. than talking about teachers in school mm-hmm. and whether or not schools do a good job or not. Really. Right. Well... Very broad subject. Um, you mentioned in the last podcast education, and if uh, we could, the, the key to the future is educating people. And I said something along the lines of, if there was a uh, a media or a medium or something, you know, a body, a corporation, anything that could educate the young, if that body was compromised, the young as we know them, would um, their education as such would be also compromised. They would be taught meaningless bullshit. Um, essentially what the BBC are intending to do now with the lockdown in inverted commas, we will teach the children when they can't go to school, we will teach them. All you have to do to compromise the entire population of the, well, the educating system as such is to compromise that source that teaches them. Um, I would be very uncomfortable with uh, knowing that there's one source only designated to teach the children, regardless of age. Um, We get that with the news. We know it's biased. We know they're lying to us. If they're going to do it with the kids, and God knows, the younger you get them, the the more you can influence them. uh, From there on, you, you could teach them nothing after that, and they would go away thinking... What they have been taught is true. They would not question it. And like the ripple effect, they would go on and on and on, not questioning authority, not questioning the settled science, whatever you want to call it. And 
in essence, the uh, the entire younger generation is fucked. If this is if this is what's going to happen, God, I hope it won't. Because they're not receiving what is an actual education. So, well, what would a good what would a good education look like? Uh, I think I touched upon it last time. Teach them stuff they need to know. They need to know basic first aid, survival skills, how to defend themselves. They need to know their rights. They need to know how to write a CV, um, how to apply for a job. They need to know that the media, the TV, they do not have their best interests at heart. They lie. Their job is to lie and to con essentially to control them or keep them in check at the very least. Kids need to know what matters. Pythagoras' theorem does not matter. The, migrating patterns of wild Canadian geese do not matter knowing uh, telling them there's 37 different genders that does not matter there's two genders and uh, one agenda you could argue and the agenda is control interesting yeah so when you say that they need to know survival skills as opposed to Pythagoras's theorem yeah I would dispute that right okay because uh, unless we get to some sort of point where we're we're in the kind of Mad Max apocalypse, yeah, right? I understand what you're saying, or the zombie apocalypse, mm. and as long as we still live in a semi-functional modern civilization, mm -hmm. probably don't need survival skills. I mean, the basic ones, like if you needed don't to start wrong, a fire. I like the idea of survival mm. skills, but I don't think you do need survival skills as civilization currently because... stands any more than you need complex math stuff like Pythagoras well I'd argue that survival skills which is a basic thing is is Pythagoras theory I mean what is that I mean I uh, it's like pi uh, I know that the pi is we all know what that relates into a circle so and a diameter no that's that's not pi but yeah 3.14 is the pi and that's I think it's circumference times diameter or something I've had this question from kids before when I've spoken to children which I occasionally do um, they say, what's the point in learning maths? Right. And I think that's a good question if we're talking about education, because what is the point in learning maths? I could have a go, at, I could have a stab at it. Yeah. And that when you're thinking about how to solve, do you like maths? I don't dislike maths, but it's not my favourite subject. Because I used to hate maths. Yeah. I like, I like maths very much as an adult. Mm. So I was, I, was, I was curious as to why that was. And I think when you're thinking about a maths problem, you're modeling the process of how to solve any problem. Right. So it's more about, it's, it's, it's more of a learning how to think or learning how to think well, to deduce, to calculate. These are, these are not math skills. These are skills that we can employ in any area of life. Right. So therefore maths is as, as possibly, so I'm making the argument that maths is more relevant than survival skills in the modern world as it stands maths yes but what they are teaching and classifying as maths i would say no um if you're if you're going to use it in life or you might use it in, later in life then yes it's important but stuff that you do just for the sake of it for learning how to solve a, a given equation that is irrelevant is a no it's not i think that makes you a better thinker Deep thinker. Well, what, what is the root of deep think? Better thinking. I mean, that's deep thinking. Thinking outside the box. What do, what do we call this? Um, reasoning. Uh, reasoning. Right. Okay. Um, because if you go to like, 
like kids school secondary school yeah part of the maths curriculum will be reasoning reasoning so reasoning is using a thought process to jump from one place to another right right um, that's just maths or does that go beyond maths oh, maths applies to it. reasoning applies to everything right yeah that's what i was going to say yeah so, um maths. Well, you could argue your line of thinking is also based on reasoning the government aligned to us there's an alternative agenda around covid for sure those are different subjects yeah, but that's based on this point and that point so you are using the process of reasoning there when you right. come to those solutions okay come to those but conclusions. say the government we know that the government and the media lie to us about literally everything so they sure as hell are not telling us the truth about the current situation with covid but it follows that if the government control what's in the curriculum one way or another broadly it follows they are not going to want those young minds to understand and to suss the government agenda so they're not going to want to push the reasoning thing too hard uh, lest these children um, suss it at an early age and from there on when you're outside the uh, outside the box you don't really go back it's the rabbit hole isn't it as soon as you dig deeper they are not going to go back and go actually i think i was wrong i think that what i was taught is true so I um, think what this is is it's going back to what something we talked about last time right which was another thing that lots of people have said but george carlin said it the best right when he when he said that george when he said that the government wants people that are just smart enough to run this run the, the machines but dumb enough dumb to enough not to ask not questions how something like that fucked. yeah and essentially that is it so if kids are getting educated by say one source regardless of source and we know that one way or another the powers that be control this source the powers that be are not going to introduce into this source the ability to reason and understand that they're being lied to, if you see what I mean. They're going to want to keep them, even the kids or anyone, dumb enough to not ask questions and to accept what they are told. And there's a shorter word for that, and it is called the curriculum. Um, so to say, you can see it, uh, those you know, older adults, you know, they think outside the box, we can see what's going on. How kids are being brainwashed. I mean, it's every day. It's now. It's take take the recent one of the census. I mean, even that crept into the school junior curriculum. I mean, what the hell? I mean, that's you could argue that's politics. Why? Why are they being taught that? Why are they being taught to give their personal information to strangers because it's part of the greater good or something along those lines? Why? Just it is that is the opposite of knowing your rights your rights are to remain silent and to not give your personal information to anybody because it can be used against you particularly by the police but by local authorities councils government teachers even you name it kids need to be taught what is important but this will never happen because it is the system you just cannot change the system okay so this is again we're circling back right. to another thing that we talked about last time, right? which is that the system or the government... Very broad definition, I know. How I much mm. actual control or power can they exert on how things actually happen in, let's say, a primary school or a secondary school? They can lay out a curriculum, mm -hmm. maybe, that's agreed by a government agency, a department for education, but how much can they control 
the way that individual people deliver information as they're talking about teachers. Well, because I would argue that it's pretty impossible to actually have some not full control, level no of control over how those individual those individuals in massive complex systems operate on the ground and do their thing in the school building, whether it is or is not. Um, part of the government agenda to control the curriculum and what people learn is a separate issue whether they are actually able to do that on the ground with all of the different cogs in the machine running their own running their own program it seems implausible right uh, not for me it doesn't um, you said it seems implausible that the government have a a sense of control or a no, they, that, degree they of control of course they can have control. not full control no but let's say there's three tiers is the, the the children at the bottom or the kids or the students whatever the government or the elite or whoever at the top and in the middle you have those that are instructed to do the number the top tier tell them those are essentially teachers um, if the teachers agree if they are given the curriculum and say this is what you must teach the children, generally speaking, and they do it, then there, there is your control. If they disagree and say no, I think this is wrong, then this is where you, your theory is correct in that no, how would government control? The children learn, the teachers are not willing to interpret and to pass on their rules and their um, their ideas um, we could talk about teachers if you want because i know a few teachers yeah and what i what i, I wonder what teachers are motivated by money perhaps because uh, there's one of them isn't it to, no they, they don't get paid fine they yeah get paid that well um and i think it's a pretty hard job it's a long week it sure is um i think they're mostly motivated by getting a kick out of having young people progress and learn yes but progress course. according to what the, the path given to the teachers by the higher ups or what the teachers think is progression um might be one and the same it might not be um, i think the problem i hate to go into a place where we might repeat ourselves sure but the problem that you speak about seems to be something like there is so much top-down control mm -hmm. that regardless of what individuals do in the society, there is an agenda that will run. And I just don't see it that way, man. Um, top-down control. Um, the orders are there, but the, the middlemen are not obliged to follow. They choose to follow, much like the police choose to follow because um, it's a pay. It's um, it's a mortgage payment, it's bills, it's a car, it's a food on the table, you name it. I mean, why would you, as a teacher or a cop, not listen? Why would you not obey? Go, no, I know better. Fuck well, you and your curriculum. that they're being told what to do all the time. Well, in a essence, yes. There must, the curriculum is not brought upon, you know, they don't how do they produce the curriculum or what it's supposed to entail what if we took a, what if we took a, like a really optimistic view and we assumed that all of these people weren't all of these people involved in education at a national or local level weren't all completely corrupted bastards oh and they're not corrupt the teachers say, aren't corrupt no yeah no we say maybe that they are they're 
they're teaching a version of of of, of facts and history that most of us agree on right oh yes i remember for example, touching like it. i know in like in, in history and science yeah yep. history and science like in primary school it's not what that. we agree on as the people it's what they agree on the no, people that well, teach it to us i do not agree with what they call i know that science exists but people say to me but science says so and i say well what is science science is a very very broad term and they deliberately use this term because whatever i say there's there's kind of a counter argument which sounds like it fits but it doesn't when you look into it but that's science i wanted to go back to something you said um cool i personally phoned my daughter's school the other week regarding testing and vaccines and i said under no circumstances are you going to stick that shit up my daughter's nose and the head teacher was quite friendly and says no you're right we won't it's up to you as parents um the, then she said in these words the government are not telling me to do that anyway they're the government are telling me it's optional if the government are telling me it's um compulsory it might be different and i thought well it wouldn't be different for me my answer would still be no but you can see where this woman was coming from this head teacher she's a female obviously she was waiting for the government to say yes or no now if she's doing that, that no she actually said those words the government have not told me that it's compulsory yeah right now this is just one school i mean i imagine virtually all of them are the same it's obviously not compulsory to shove something up a, a child's nose that deep that's a uh, sinister medical procedures nothing that says you have to do that obviously not but her words were what, what did it for me the government had not told me to great so um i can't prove this i didn't record well, the call I, I had i think you were implying so i had the government told her to, yeah then she would have done that well yeah i would have still resisted and i yeah of course yeah. so what i'm saying is they are told what to do um if it's optional you know the parents probably have the final say but when it's compulsory i imagine most of the parents go oh shit what do we do you we can't argue that well yeah we yeah, really it's educated guess because a compulsory and optional are two different words. They're almost opposites, aren't they? Um, the government say I have to. The government say I don't have to. That, that's pretty black and white to me. Um, I would still have had the final say, but we won't go into that because it's kind of less pleasant. But uh, imagine that this is me fighting for my child. I mean, imagine all the other parents. They go, oh, yeah, whatever. It's compulsory. We have to. The government says mandatory. Ooh, scary word. It means nothing. You don't have to do anything except eat, sleep, and breathe. I mean, those are compulsory. Everything else is optional. Imagine having these complicated, uh, sinister tests. Where well, the current thing, I probably touched upon this last time, but um, if, if this virus is contracted via saliva, why are we digging six inches up the nose into the brain for something? Um, this tissue, mucus, or whatever they're looking for, it's crazy. It's a scam. Uh, I knew it was a scam a year ago, but uh, I'd better shut up on that because uh, I'm going on a bit. Now, that is the, the current situation, and it is essentially World War III. There's no bombs or bullets, and I, I'm sure I said this last time as well. Um, yeah, so let's try not to repeat ourselves. Yeah, let's not do that. Case closed on that one for now. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. So you're presenting an idea. Yeah. And it's, I don't think we'll be repeating ourselves if we dig into it a little bit more because uh, it's a big idea mm. and big ideas have to be talked about at mm. length because they're mm -hmm. complicated. You can't summarise them in a sound. No, you can't. Or in, a, or in a fucking tweet or a Facebook post. Right. You have to dig into them a bit more. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, that that is a controversial you're, subject. You're the skeptic in the room here, mm-hmm. and well, maybe you're the cynic in the room here. Maybe I'm paranoid. Uh, I'm a, I would call it a healthy skepticism. Let's call it. Maybe that. you could absolutely. You could absolutely. You've got to that. question everything. You got to. Um. So going back to the education idea, right? If education is, as you you claim that education is compromised in the school system, I believe so. And there's good reasons to think that. There's also good reasons to argue against that. Um. But if education goes much broader than just what children are being taught in school, right? education goes to the place where people are empowered to think and question as individuals. That is what I would like education to be, yeah. but I cannot see this. Stop at school. Like, Some people think education... Like it's weird. Well, I was in a school once, and I overheard an adult say... Um, I've had my education and now you need to have your education Ooh, which I found really quite disturbing Conde- <laughs> condescending to well, say the least it implies that the adult has now stopped learning as well, yeah which would make me a bit worried about that adult yeah um, but um, yes <laughs> wow so I, I uh, do you feel like you learn something new on a daily basis uh that's interesting um i used to and then i feel that i've been studying certain things for a while and i've learned everything in advance and then the things that show up today i think oh yeah i knew about that i knew about that mm, potential but now i knew about that. i know i know the old phrase you learn something new every day but um i feel i've learned most of it now i feel i'm wide awake and i'm waiting for others to join me and it just doesn't seem to happen what don't you know very much about that you'd like to learn about Wow, uh, meaning of life, why we're here. I feel I do have a head start, but it's just, it's broad. Um, we can't seriously just be born, live, die, and that's it. There must be a broader plan. Um, and there must be a broader plan. That's the, we're talking afterlife in a sense, but the broader plan currently, um, again, I'm sure I spoke about this, but the earth isn't getting bigger. The natural resources are running out. So if you recall the bleep test at school where you run up and down a hallway. Yeah. I really like to do it. Yeah, that was hard. Um, So you're you're running out of energy on one side and the bleeps are getting faster on the other. So it's a double whammy. You're getting hit twice over in a sense. This is what's happening with the world. Population is growing. Natural resources are dwindling. So what is going to happen? You can't just say build more cities or nothing or who cares, live your life. This is bullshit. You have to think deeper. What are they? What is the plan for us? They Who's must. The, the well, those who govern us apparently. And when I oh, say I govern, about those people right? About them not. What about the the, the grand plan uh, for the entire universe? Well, hang on. The grand plan for universe would be deity. It wouldn't be man. It would yes. be spirits. So what's, what's deity's plan? Deity. Well, because if you we believe in God, first we have to touch upon whether or not people believe in God and whether our God, if we believe in God, is the correct one, because apparently that's how it works. Only our God is the correct one. The sun God, the moon God, whatever. No, they're irrelevant. Allah. Allah. Buddha. Buddha. Christ. Jeez, you can worship anything you want, really, nowadays, can't you? Vishnu. Um, I would argue that if there is a God, 
this God made the world and everything in it, and um, this God is not obviously not a human being. Uh, may take the form of a human, but um, only to make us understand better. But I think I experienced God not too long ago, although it was very strange, and to be honest, I was high. So, um, not advocating drugs, or am I? Um, yeah, I was high on on weed, and I, um, this yeah. is when it would actually take me away to another place um, and experience what was, I don't know, describe as a flash of light. I was perfectly awake. I was sitting by my computer. It was only about 8 p.m. Flash of light, and I jumped and I thought, what the hell was that? Was I in a daydream? And it seemed like, not so much like bright, but more like power. Like, what is that? And what am I compared to that? I am nothing. I'm not trying to advocate anything here or get religious, but it did make me think. I thought, I've never experienced that without taking any, you know, amount of alcohol or caffeine or sleep too much or lack of sleep or even, you know, anything. I thought, wow. Um, so God was like a sort of it, it, it appeared as a flash of light I kind of remember my eyes were closed made me jump a bit um, yeah an intense power that made me think I'm absolutely nothing um, or it was I thought briefly I don't I'm not sure how far this should go but I thought maybe I'd, I, th I was thinking too hard and I was told to stop by something I'm getting too warm maybe and I thought well that doesn't make sense why well, surely I'm allowed to think but um, yeah and that was interesting um, of course weed doesn't do that for me anymore it just makes me uh, mellow and happy God knows why that's illegal maybe that's another subject that's I think that's just going to change that's I, I would put a prediction that within yeah by 2025 legal the weed will be legal here and in every other well western democracy however you want to describe western democracy i prefer it's illegal it's more fun to do i think yeah. it will be legal yeah. um as i think we're all psychedelics um well yeah but you legal. can pick those off at the floor so they can't yeah. say you you can pick them up you can't eat them that's illegal i think mm, the, the, the war on drugs type mentality is fighting a losing battle well, that's another myth isn't it considering the war on drugs is basically it's a, it's a scam another scam isn't it the CIA are the biggest importers well, of cocaine but we know this really much it goes back to the 60s doesn't this it this is like where me and you probably like not disagree on anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> war on this. drugs yeah we're stopping drugs people like uh, drugs the war on drugs, you could describe it as the bogeyman under the bed not unlike the, the, the terrorist cell that mean that you have to take your shoes off at the airport yeah uh, it's all a bit of a, a police state scam isn't it they use it because i'm because I, I quite if you think about that, like the way that the way that some really progressive countries like portugal i'm not sure if you're familiar with that yeah i did i read they, about this quite recently yeah. um they relaxed them quite a lot in fact they made oh, them fully legal right. i think i think it was the a, even the class a was uh yeah it was pretty much legal well they they appointed a panel yeah public health experts that said we've got a terrible rabid heroin problem mm -hmm. in our country if you figure out how to solve it and this is another point that makes me think that actually government is quite functional it can be quite functional and benevolent in a way mm -hmm. if you look at how the portuguese government approached tried to deal with their i'm circling back here they tried to deal with their terrible heroin problem right 
they appointed a, an advisory committee right. of, uh, of, 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 of addiction experts um, and scientists and biologists and doctors. A bit like SAGE for the UK, because God knows that's compromised. Yes. But let's assume people the Portuguese that, one is more, that, more clued up. Yeah, people that are um, connected with all of the problems, the societal problems around drugs. And they said, whatever, figure out a pro- figure out a way to solve our heroin abuse problem because mm-hmm. it's big. Yeah. And whatever you advise, we will we do will it do. regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So they so they they spent a couple of months and came back with a plan, full legalization mm-hmm. of every single substance in right, the country. Right. Right. All of the money that we would usually that we would usually use to criminalise people and throw them in jail, yeah. and all of the money that we'd use to try to catch drug dealers and the mafia and all of the, all the, the cartel industry behind that, we will put all of that into rehab, creating uh, essentially a rehabilitation right. system whereby we have clinics that people can access where they can use heroin, so uh, use heroin safely, and they they manage to essentially. Take all of the criminality out of the drug industry. Free heroin. It was fascinating because not only was it a really progressive, big idea to legalize all drugs, um, even the most harmful drugs, right. which of course like crack, heroin, cocaine are. Right, the three that I haven't done. Really Sorry, also, I've done one of them, yeah. Well, course, yeah. Um, but also as an example of government working really well to solve a problem. Well... I don't believe government solved the problem. I think government said, you lot solve the problem, whatever you say. And well, clearly they were motivated to deal with the problem. I didn't realise that Portugal had such a bad drug problem or you know, uh, extensive problem until I read about that article, yeah. Um, but essentially, yeah, if you decriminalise drugs, of course, there's the other side of the coin. People go, well, then what about the drug addicts that need their fix and rob and kill people? That is where the problem lies. People like the drugs themselves, like they like alcohol, tobacco, caffeine, and sex. Those are addictions. Um, sex is not necessarily an addiction. Oh. Well, a guy I quite like called Gabo Mate is um, a doctor who's spent all his life dealing with drug addicts. He defined addiction as any behaviour that you can't stop yourself from doing right. it becomes compulsive right. and it has a negative side effect right okay um, so he would say he would go as far as saying your iPhone is a drug it can be addictive yeah well all phone you, any phones yeah we're glued um, to them is a drug TV is a drug well TV can be addictive so I shouldn't say drug I should say yeah. addictive addiction so mm-hmm. he, he classified addiction very widely yeah um, whereas yeah, yeah. when we think about addiction drug is a substance drugs, whereas an addiction alcohol. may not be shopping is an addiction yeah um, when you have the money I suppose yeah. spending it goes broader and broader doesn't it I would go further and say oh, I feel like you know just to be acquisitive is kind of an addiction to have stuff or to be consumed to be to consume is an addiction consume. yeah I suppose I um, that maybe the pursuit of status is a bit of an addiction. Money, having money, wealth. Having money, wealth. Status symbol, that's an addiction. I they suppose. can be addictive or they can be healthy. Well, if yeah. you get, if you pursue them to the standard where it's to, like, to the detriment of the rest of your well being as a person, then they become addictive. Right. Hmm. But if you can buy a handbag, <laughs> And then not want to buy a really nice handbag, 
and then not feel compelled to, to start a collection of really nice expensive handbags. Oh, I have an ex-girlfriend that would test. Yeah. yeah. Um, then you're perhaps getting into a shopping addiction. Well, yeah, addiction and drugs obviously linked, but also separate. Um, we stick with the drugs one for now, and we can move on to addiction. If we say a drug is a mind-altering substance, well, isn't lack of sleep a mind-altering? It changes you, and there's obviously hormones, whatever, running through your brain that says you're now more ratty, your heart beats faster. You could argue that, that is a drug or a lack of a drug. Let's say we we assume we're talking about stuff that you ingest or swallow or snort or smoke. Um, anything, in my opinion, if it is natural, it is there for a reason. What do you mean natural? Well, naturally occurring, you know, a plant, Some a fungus. Everything is natural. Yeah, but if it's Including processed and refined... Yeah, but it's not a drug, is it? I mean, no, one, no one snorts on the drug of the microphone or inserts it, or do they... Uh, if, if something is naturally occurring and it's not touched by man, that's a nat- and it's a, considered a drug, it's natural. So something that would occur without any human intervention. Yes, which the the coca like, the coca like, leaves obviously do, but the like cocaine does not because yeah, you have to right. refine that. Yeah. Um, you could argue that it's still natural, broken down. That's but a nice still. point actually, because it's a good point to mention that like many 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 South American cultures who have never taken cocaine chew on coca leaves. Constantly. Yes, they do. Bolivians especially, Bolivians, I think. In, in order to get, they, I suppose it would be comparable to how we might drink coffee yeah. in order to function in yeah. our weird jobs. Yeah. Where we work in our cubicles. Some people take little, eat coca leaves. Little cells that we own, yeah. Climb up, climb up down mountains. Yeah. Um, work in, in low altitude or high altitude. Yeah, and good on them. I mean, if it's if it's there, it's there for a reason. It's not. A, uh, what do you think about our our about how what it says about our society about the drugs that we tolerate and like and even promote versus the drugs that we frown upon? That's a simple one. Taxation is the first word that comes to mind. Um, That's viol- Vilify. Yeah, of course it does. But this is the main thing that the government or whoever the powers that be tell you what you can and cannot have. You can give Ritalin to kids and antidepressants and all that, but you cannot smoke a joint of cannabis or, or weed. Or if that was a tax- If it was purely taxation, I would agree with you. But I think it goes further than that because you could, and like they have done in California and Canada now, where they've got these big thriving taxed, taxed yeah. industries mm-hmm. where local government and national government are raking in millions of dollars yep. in tax revenue from the weed business. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was just that, then I would agree with that. I think it's more than that. I think what it's does the big, weed, I would say the biggest what does weed thing. do to, to the psyche that, Oh, what doesn't it do to the psyche that alcohol does or doesn't do to the psyche? What's the difference between that? Because alcohol, alcohol is ubiquitous in our society. Mm-hmm. We're enjoying it tonight. Mm-hmm. But weed is still not. Um, and there's no reason why weed can legalized tomorrow no. and taxed. No, they can't. And we could have a thriving weed business on every high street and it could be online and it could be regulated by government agencies and that's fine. And they can collect loads of tax revenue. There's no reason why that couldn't happen. So I'm curious, what do you think? Why hasn't that happened? Um, if you legalized weed tomorrow, and God knows it'd make a lot of money out of taxation, if you did that tomorrow, the conspiracy theorists and the um, anarchists and the hippies and all of them, they win, don't they? they? And then the government is showing the people that as long as you protest it, you will win. 
So they will eventually legalise it, like you say, I would have thought. But they cannot do it right away. I know there's a lot of pressure. Um, but you cannot be seen as government or powers that be. You cannot be seen to be giving in this easily. Um, you give in once, you give in again and again. Um, that's how it works. So you just mentioned the anarchists and the hippies. Well, th those that wanted legalize and i couldn't care less i can get it as easily as i can get alcohol it makes no difference to me but those who want it legalized um obviously is is known to have medicinal qualities which no one can deny that i mean i think that's pretty much declassified now yeah but um yeah if you give into that you've got to give into the, the, the psychedelics magic mushrooms and then it goes slightly further than that what other derivatives that you can get from these plants and these fungi um, without refining it too heavily, that becomes a class A substance or whatever. Um, you cannot be seen to be giving in to the people too easily, or the people will keep winning and they'll keep using that as a, a tool to promote their next uh, onslaught. Yeah, this is this is obvious to me, but you know, uh, I'm not asking anyone to to listen because and believe. I, like, even public public polls have been done about about legalizing marijuana, and for the last ten twenty years, it's been largely most sixty. 70% of people are in favour of legalising weed mm. and yet it's still it's just it's a great example of that's a good example of government not functioning at all and reflecting the will of the people representing the will of the people mm -hmm. I think it's frankly absurd of course it's a plant yeah that there are government agencies and laws telling people what they can and cannot do with their own consciousness their own bodies yeah and my body my choice to alter it yeah um if you could smoke dandelions and they got you high or they they made you happy would they ban them would they make them illegal i wonder if there's more of a sense i think like i think like weed and psychedelics are um are fundamentally destabilizing to any kind of ruling order they're destabilizing in the sense them. that they give, they open the mind yeah well, <laughs> seriously open the mind if we, if we were if we live in like a sort of in a, in a capitalist society where we are our societies are mostly built around making things consuming things selling your labor for income going and being productive and a good citizen when you smoke a shitload of weed and you want to sit back on your sofa and think about the nature of the universe mm -hmm. and say, fuck you, I don't really want to go yeah. to the office today. Yeah. It's fundamentally subversive yeah. to kind of ruling order yeah. the system, right? Um, yeah. So, what's well, going on, brother? What's good? What's good? Hello, everyone on the podcast. Um, this. On the podcast. Mm. And um, we were just talking about drugs. Thank you for you. Thank you for letting us use your room as the studio. Mm. Whereas it's practically a studio itself. Look, it's wicked. Look at that. No, it's perfect. It's perfect room for studio. I need some of them microphones myself. They're good. Yeah. Gorgeous. Like just short microphones, like thirty-five quid. Thirty-five. Yeah. Thirty-five quid, right? I'm sure you can upgrade to the little uh, collar clippy ones. Lab mic, yeah. Yeah. Over there. Lightning load. Lab mics as well. Uh, We were just talking about weed. Uh, which we, we think you have some uh, knowledge about. Uh, so we're told. You can come on mic if you want, bro. Um, we were talking about weed. Yeah, close the door. 
we were talking about weed and we were talking about how alcohol's legal Oh, come on, come jump so over here. Talking about alcohol's legal, it's been uh-huh. a long time since prohibition days, uh-huh. and um, the government, if they wanted to legalize weed tomorrow, they could legalize weed of and can. collect revenue, tax revenue from it, and you could have the the the, the health department bringing in. We could talk about new regulations around how to make the best weed mm-hmm. and the purest weed. And we could have a thriving weed industry, which was taxed and regulated with weed stores in the high street, like vape stores. Yeah. All of that could happen, like, tomorrow. But why doesn't it? And I was, I was, I was wondering as to, like, whether weed does something that alcohol or caffeine doesn't do, in that when you smoke loads of weed, you tend to think about the nature of the universe. A lot more. A lot more. And you tend to think less about, oh, fuck, I need to go into the office, or I need to go into school, or I yeah, need of to course. go to work today. We tend to dream and think big. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other drugs kind of encourage you to repeat old patterns. Yeah. So I was making the argument that weed's are kind of like an anarchist. It's a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. For the government. Yeah, for the go- for yeah. society for society at large. Well, well, yeah, otherwise it would be legal already, wouldn't it? Yeah. There, there's other there's other things that will probably play a factor in it to to why they haven't legalized it already. Yeah. It's like other countries had these yeah, yeah, yeah. these guys haven't because realistically it's like a it's an underground market. Yeah. And they use it as a way to try and catch people that can't they are not work in a normal life. Yeah. But it's a bit of a joke. I mean, I think they should legalize it. I, I like think, it. Yeah. <laughs> Please take your your age for the uh, record. Twenty three. <laughs> I'm eighteen. into the, the soothing sounds of uh, Lewis there uh, for you ladies and gentlemen thank you for letting us use your bedroom brother Woo. that's him clapping for himself radio there's a pool table downstairs yeah we'll play pool we'll play pool earlier I brought my kid good yeah I'm gonna play your table tennis we'll do table tennis as well mm. oh don't you dare what Absolutely I don't know, I'm decent. I know you're good on the Wii, but we'll see. Yeah, no, 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 no. You okay. Idea what okay, well, I'll, 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 I'll have a look and we'll, we'll consider that. Mm. That's what you're saying. Wicked. So we just had a drop in from a um, a weed user. We could cut him out. Oh. Oh, he was a bit no, we should, no, we okay, he was a bit mumbly. Anyway. What do you think? Regarding what? Uh, so weed and psychedelics are fundamentally they're like the anarchists yeah like you say the more you drink they're for the instance rebels. the more you um talk shit really like you know we've all been pissed before but yeah weed and psychedelics are something totally so different to go the other way order, sorry to talk over you there man that's what if there is a rule if there is some kind of conventional wisdom about how a society should run or will run a conservative view of how a society should run then things like weed and psychedelics are a massive threat to that idea. Absolutely, to the status quo, they are a threat. Um, And anyone thinking outside the box, outside of drugs, is a threat. Hence why we need to train the children at a young age to obey and comply and not question what we see as authority. We're going back to the old... When I'm not 
Are we actually doing that? I, I believe we are, yes. I've seen what the curriculum is, Apart and I've seen what COVID people... Uh, the, yeah, outside of COVID as well, uh, what, what, what the kids are being taught, uh, not just my own, but others, uh, parents I'm in contact with. Um, yeah, it gets it's controversial. Yeah, okay, right. There's two genders. There's the thing called transgender. Sure, you can identify as whatever they like. But when I'm asked to change the English language to suit them and not hurt their feelings, I can't do that. That's just the trans thing. They had one very recently about the census, which is very, you know, it comes around like the Halley's Comet. Um, and they were being told to obey and comply and how important it is. And I think this is, you're adding essentially it was politics into... Um, into the the curriculum for for kids at a young age, and then obviously we have the further we go into BLM and Antifa, and they're both in eh, one end they they seem perhaps innocent, on the other end are terrorist groups like like the KKK were. Um, I know it sounds extreme, but why think, why are I they? Think you're going a bit far there. Perhaps why are they teaching kids this uh, this George Floyd incident? I mean, what you know. People die, people get killed by cops. Um, but suddenly, whereas I, I feel that the media and the police have been in bed with each other all this time, suddenly the media turned on the police and I'm thinking, what? I smell a rat. And you look into that incident and there's lots of big red flags. I think, what? Something doesn't add up there. Um, and then you get it, and it filled it into sport beyond education, went into sport. Can I just stop for a minute? Sure. So you're talking about what kids are learning in school. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're making the case that George Floyd and BLM, I think it has the 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 the, the response to that has probably at what it has in, it, it gone into the curriculum mm -hmm. of what children are being taught mm -hmm. today, and some would argue rightly so. Mm, perhaps, yeah. And there's an argument for that. Of course, so. there is. Can we talk about the gender thing first? The gender, yes, yes yeah, gender. sure. Mm -hmm. So you said there's two. There are two genders. Well, male and female, as, as I understand it, Maybe since the beginning of time. And yeah. Non-binary people would argue that there are multiple genders, and gender's kind of a spectrum. Well, apparently, gender is what you feel that you are, and not what and you have between your legs or what you were born as. Yeah, so that's the sex, and the gender is what you feel you are. Um, okay, so we'll call it three: male, female, and not sure, undecided. We could call yeah. that. Um, so non-binary, I assume, uh, it's feel, very vague. Do you feel because you've got you're, you're the parent of a daughter who's mm. in school? Yeah where they will be learning about these things. Absolutely. And do you feel that that's, do you feel worried, concerned mm, about what She is not learning that in school. She is learning that outside on social media and with her friends and things like that. And I'm yeah. fine with that. So it's not a school thing? It's like no, not, not quite. I don't believe that's curriculum, but I would add that her school has now um, removed the signs and the toilets. So now it's... Uh, what, um, how do you say it? All inclusive, all one for all. You go where you like, pee where you like, shit where you like. Um, there's no signage on the door now. Uh, Anyone can go anywhere. Yeah. So, the trans, as we know them, are not the problem. It's the perv boys that you know. Someone argue that's quite a good thing that we could, you could just like you know. Perhaps I mean. Men and women. Uh, it's and a rape waiting to happen on the other side of the coin, is, isn't it? Yeah. That is. A and when it does happen, then things may change, but uh. I'm not particularly comfortable with that, but if she's fine with it, and so be it. I can't change her mind. 
um, kind of sinister. I mean, can I identify as a woman when I go to the gym and or the swimming pool? And I think, yeah, I think I'll go with the women in the, the communal changing room. But I know I've got a big uh, uh, hard on and it's pointing upwards and stuff. But sod it. Um, yeah, there's a I'm lot of, female. There's a lot I of say I'm female. Stuff like that. Yeah. There's a lot of complications. <laughs> a lot As of a woman, I would not be comfortable with a man with any sort of penis, never mind an erect one, standing next to me. Same bathroom, you, especially when it's, when it's three feet away. Yeah, yeah. Drunk. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't go get drunk and then go swimming or go to the gym. But yeah, I understand what no, you're no, saying. No, yeah, in, in the same bathroom. bathroom yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. As men, we don't care if women go to the toilet with us, but women will care. Um, they they are th- they would be threatened. Absolutely, rightly so. Yeah, right. too right. Absolutely. Oh. Um, so this is, uh, and if something happens, will the media play it down? Will they be told to play it down? Of course they will. Uh, the agenda beats what uh, what women think, what what men think, what what what, what you should say be. Media. Well, the media is mainstream media. Block. <laughs> the mainstream media kind of this massive amorphous thing that moves and changes yeah i would argue that half of the main half of media now exists purely online uh, and the power of network tv the bbc cable television I, I would say that they they are less influential than what is happening online and what is happening well i agree with that yes because people are well, a lot of it is being controlled and influenced by the major social media platforms. That is absolutely true. Um, but the rest of it is a network of YouTube channels, yeah. podcasts, and Twitter feeds, and various Facebook groups, which sometimes get banned and sometimes don't get banned. So when you say the words like the media... Yeah, I mean mainstream. I, I absolutely... the media? I mean mainstream media. When I say media, I mean, I do mean... Mainstream. Well, when you mean mainstream media, you like sort of the common, the respectable. The, the, well, the respectable. The I don't. I. Yeah, I don't respect the mainstream media. No, so are they either. still what respected? And lots of people like me don't. Are they still respected? What people look, talk about, and like in polite society. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't respect mainstream media. I understand their purpose. Their purpose is to keep. The population in check, particularly the UK population, which is touching 68 million, I believe, uh, for a tiny little island. It's a, it's a dense population, and I believe we are the. Uh, I've said this before. We're the guinea pig of their you have. virus thing, but not. It goes beyond the virus. It was since before the virus. So we've got the virus as one big evil. So it is the main evil for them. Right, it is so their tool that they they are using against okay, us. Okay, so let's go back to talk about the woke stuff. The gender stuff, right? Okay, and, and that stuff, right? Right. So I think I think there's an awful lot that gets talked about, and um, we talk about it, and we have talked about it, and obviously we're influenced by similar channels, and mm-hmm. I think it's mostly harmless. Absolutely, it is harmless, um, and some people make a really massive fuss about it. Sure, um, and whether we do or do not choose to refer to people by their pro- chosen gender neutral gender well I won't be um, yeah if someone said to me can you call me this 
then I'd be, I just don't really care. I mean, life is short. Sure, man. of course, you know? I understand. But if a woman says, can you call me man? Uh, or a man says, can you call well, me... Well, you have to draw a line somewhere. If you need someone, can you, can you... Do you if someone approaches you and with straight face, well, they I've decided that I'm a fox today. Yeah, well, because I identify. They're as a no fox. more a fox than they are a woman if they're a man, um, and I can't do they unless they're a very rare incidence of a Siamese twin. I can't say they when it's a singular person. Um, it's, it's just it's killing the English language. And where do you draw the line? If you if you allow that, you just allow everything. Well, you know the English language. Yeah, I know you're going to say. Really cares, man. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we add, we're adding new verbs to the English language, and the most popular. Bottom line is the gender thing. They can identify as whatever they want. I don't care. I don't care if people are gay. Does I don't. Really I don't matter? give a shit. No. But if someone asks me to call them as address them as they or a man as a woman, I'm, I can't do that. It just it goes against everything I believe in. It's like calling an apple an orange. You just don't. You say I'm sorry. Oh, you could do it for a laugh, but generally, no, you just couldn't do it. Well, uh, I've met I've I've met lots of people that are that are on their various different parts of what they would refer to as the gender spectrum, mm. um, and. I don't have their experience, man. Um, well, I'm glad that I know I'm male. Um, well, I feel I feel male. I still feel a male as well. Yeah. Let's talk about this though. So you get, let's get personal. Sure. Because I I feel I I am very happy to be a he him. Um, I am a white. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I say you're a white heterosexual straight male. God damn you! You're, what is wrong with you? How dare you say this? Terrible privilege. Fucking terrible. Anyway, um, be ashamed of yourself. So I'm fine with that, but yep. I also feel that I'm quite a maternal person, and now I kind of like being around children. I look after children. That sounds dodgy, but we'll yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have a lot of nephew nieces, and I spend I talk, sometimes sure. I work with children. Um, as part of my other job and uh, and I like organising a sort of nest uh, I feel drawn towards that in a way so I would consider that as a kind of maternal trait that I have in a way so that obviously it doesn't say anything about my sexual orientation or anything like that it's are we, like, are would, we calling that into it, question Mr Matthews I would say that I'm very male Mm-hmm. But I have some more traditionally feminine characteristics, perhaps. Sure. Um, Would you say there's anything where you identify very much as male, but you kind of have some feminine characteristics? Well, I wouldn't say I'm camp and I don't touch makeup and no, perfume, like but I recognize a good looking male when I see one. Um, I do have some actors that I like solely not because they're good actors, but because yeah. they're good looking. Yeah. Um, well, see, I feel a little bit gay whenever I watch Matthew McConaughey. He's a good-looking lad, to be honest. I prefer... I, no, he's, he's not really gorgeous, but he's just deeply charismatic. I understand that he's, like, running for governor of Texas. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's better-looking and uh, more, certainly more sexually attractive than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Um, Matthew McConaughey, was he in uh, Interstellar? Interstellar, He yeah. was. That was a good film. Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked uh, I like uh, Jason Patrick myself and yeah. uh, what's, what's the other lad's name? Julian McMahon. You potentially be gay for? Uh, I could switch or yeah, okay. I could I so could w- without the the uh, inclusion of alcohol so and maybe drugs. That's, maybe that's the point. So maybe know. I am gay deep down. Um, no, obviously not. No, I don't. I, I, I don't feel I'm gay. No, but I have I can I have a 
sort of gay instinct maybe yeah. when I watched sure. McConaughey at his very best. If I was approached by a man, man, yeah, I would. Made in Manhattan, mm. but in his, when he's at his best. Um, so yeah, so maybe there's an example where gender does... Well, that's not gender. That's not gender, that's sexual, yeah. Sexuality becomes a bit of a spectrum. I'm, I'm certain I'm 100% male and... No, I, absolutely. I, I, I don't I'm, doubt. I know I feel like I'm 100% right. male. Mm-hmm. But I also am not comfortable saying that other people don't have an experience where they are born into a mostly male anatomy. Of course, but my issue is not feel this. as though they are more female. And also, why are we having this fucking conversation I thought you wanted to bring up the uh, the non-binary thing um, no I think it's, you have, maybe you have to mention it sure I think you have to mention it to um, maybe mention that can there I, are more yeah. important things and you mentioned it and I mentioned it because we were both thinking that it was something worth talking about but also there are other things that are way more interesting and worth well, talking we can about. draw a line under that bottom it's line is they can identify as whatever they want when yeah. someone asks me to change for them no can do but that's fair just changing how you might refer to them but like, that's changing how the words come out of my mouth and that's changing me my speech and the grammar in English language and no I don't give a shit about English language but suddenly when it comes to that a scenario where you'd have to refer to a to a um non-binary person as the third person in discussion like you think about it so we've got we've got me you and mm-hmm. zerba i always call it we'll say lewis because it's kind of a gay name so yeah. we'll say well, yeah anyway so lewis is a lovely name me you and zerba are sitting here and me you and zerba zerba has not defined their sexuality but surely we could look at this person and tell <laughs> that's a man that's a woman it might be ambiguous yeah if they've had the operations i suppose they 2021, are 2021 man yeah, it might be ambiguous. yeah yeah who knows for me and zerba and zerba wants to be known as a as a, as a as a third person pronoun mm-hmm. so jeremy i like eggs you like bacon for breakfast and Zer likes croissants. Okay. It seems such a, a, a contrived and unnecessary, overly talked about subject, whether we not whether or not we call Zerba Zer or not. Right. It's largely irrelevant. Um I would call this person whatever name they wanted to be called. Zerba. Zerba. Zerba, yeah, if that's Zerba your name. Right sounds Hungarian. Zerba is sitting there. Hi, Zer. How Hi, are Zerba. you? It's not touching upon their really gender or sexuality or anything like that. Cool. I, I don't care what name they call themselves. Zerba's a really big fan of the podcast. Yeah, but um, if they're saying they are they, that's uh, that's different because I can see one person. They is two or more, so well, they no is, can they do. Well, they is a pronoun that's traditionally but they have been adopted as art what again maybe let's move on i mean i think we've yeah maybe if there's a third podcast we can go into that in detail no, I just, further I, I detail meant, I meant to bring it up no that's fine because it is such a thing and i brought it up to, to for the purpose of talking about why it seems so ridiculous that so many people are talking about this and tweeting about it and making it seem like it's the downfall of civilization. Oh, I see. Okay. That we are now accepting and, and accepting that gender is a spectrum and maybe it is a spectrum. It seems to be a spectrum in some respects and maybe it's not a spectrum. Either way, 
Well, it does make uh, homosexuality look pretty normal, doesn't it? This new, yeah. new age, um, multi-gender, non-binary. I mean, God, yeah. you can be whatever you want. But if I see a man, I say man. If I see one person, yeah. I say one person. An apple, I say an apple, and so silly, on. Yeah. An overly woke. Um, but I wonder if that impulse towards being generous to that kind of thing is more of a good, slightly more of a good thing than a bad thing. Even um, it's annoying. And it seems really silly sometimes. Yeah, it, it varies from person to person. I personally wouldn't change. You probably would. Um, the person sitting there wouldn't really care. I mean, but if I'm living under someone else's rules, if I'm invited onto a radio show and I'm, you know, say you say this, we get kicked out, then I would either comply or get kicked out. Yeah. Um, but if I said a, a few naughty words and then left on my own accord, I'm sure those words would not be aired, and therefore my uh, pur- my purpose. No, I mean, I say we're talking about that's an off limits thing. Yeah, maybe a separate, maybe a separate one. Who knows? A late night one. We've only got twenty listeners at the moment, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, The gender thing, I I don't think I'm going to change on that, but um, I welcome all homosexuals now because they seem pretty normal. Um, But when I teach it in schools at a young age, I think, my lord, God Almighty, just be careful about when you generalise about what teach what people. Well, I, I'm of the benefit of having. You also admitted that a lot of the gender stuff is coming from outside of the school, anyway. Yes, it is. It's coming from above. Ways. Yeah, you know, my daughter's ones, my daughter's um, yeah. indoctrination, we'll call it, is um, yeah. It, it would seem to be coming from outside of that. Is it, yeah. In the 21st century, 2021, we're in now. Um, homosexuals? What are they? I, I, even I have forgotten. Um, it's like a bit like cancer, isn't it? What is that? Cancer doesn't exist. Flu doesn't exist. It's just COVID now. Um, I know it sounds like I'm changing the subject again. I'm trying to. It sounds like uh, you're circling back to COVID. No, it's uh, well, it's, it, it is. It, it is on my mind. It absolutely is. Um, There's no reason why it shouldn't be on your mind. How can you escape it? It's it's rammed into your head. Um, let's talk. Can we talk about the um, the potential vaccine passports? They call it the COVID pass. I mean, if you have time on your show. I think that's an interesting one. What they want to do is... Um, Why do you think it's interesting? Well, um, they're saying you can be healthy, but if you test positive, you can't do this, this and that. And we're going to stop you from traveling, possibly even shopping and working. And that's sinister for me. If you're healthy, your body tells you you're healthy and that's it. I mean, again, I've said this before, but how close are we to the old 666 thing? Um implantable chip or a digital tattoo i mean why do you have to prove anything to anyone here's my money take it or swap it for that food thank you very much that's it i'm healthy my body tells me i'm healthy your your um your pcr test your lateral flow test it doesn't it doesn't tell me anything it, it, it's it's how long have pre- you been thinking when 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 we first learned about COVID, yeah, which was a year like, ago. Yeah, exactly. It's COVID's first birthday. Happy fucking. Birthday. Actually, it's it's it, it was in January last year. Yeah, the COVID's over a year old. Fourteen months now. Um, birthday cake. Um, when God. you think about, I forgot my question now. I had a good question. We can move on to flat Earth if you want, uh, or Diana. But uh, you know, something no. controversial. No. I'm happy for all of that. No, no. COVID. I, I, let's I, stick with COVID. See, when when we first learned about COVID, it started to be being infiltrated into our culture and lives, and yeah. media, yeah. and scientific space, and so on. 
at first it was novel to me and I mm -hmm. thought oh okay interesting oh, okay. Yeah, maybe we should go I have to say I saw through it um, but yeah no for the first for, for, uh, for a month or so I was just okay I understand the arguments and stuff. Um, by summer I was mostly disinterested in it talking about it thinking about it um, following the news around COVID and it, it become largely do our listeners I don't want to say irrelevant do our listeners know flippant um, but if I found it difficult to think about consciously because I, I was also would agree with you that it was all the mainstream media in my house there's always like a radio BBC Radio 4 yeah. playing every time the news and do you think the news hour is this is this is eighty percent of COVID news mm -hmm. with twenty percent tagged on the end of anything else that might have happened in the world? And do you think news and is not controlled when this happens? I think it's controlled in the kind of Noam Chomskyan sense. Well, of, he, um, of like uh, they are told what to say, what not to say, and and no. the parameters of what they can and cannot say. Well, I don't think they are told what to say. Not not the actual it's words. More, I mean, it's, it's like the, it's this more is Chomsky's thing. You won't get the job in that position yeah. unless you are seen to be towing this line and thinking this way. Yeah, towing the line, if yeah. You, if you think outside of that, those parameters, you simply won't be put in the chair with a microphone strapped to your lapel. Right. Um, okay, so... so it's, not that, it's not that they're being told what to say. It's no, they are, but this is the line. You must tow the line. No, Essentially, no. they're given the line and say, this well, is every the line. Time, every time we see like a journalist who's worked in mainstream media... And then Journalist. got in big trouble and been kicked out of it, and then gone on to do their own thing. Like yeah, that. it goes without you saying. Know, all like, the like Glenn Greenwald would be a good example. Yeah, Chris Hedges maybe. Oh. Do we call these guys whistleblowers? Or are they not quite at that level? Not whistleblowers as such, but people who worked in like very traditional mainstream journalist establishments, like the New York Times or CNN or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then said the wrong thing. Yeah. And gone kicked out, and then for one or two wrong words, right? Or okay. just you know, generally say the wrong leaning the wrong way. Iraq war, yeah. About how we invaded another country. Well, I think that's pretty much it's declassified. False pretenses. Yeah. Uh, and that sort of thing. So every time you get a journalist who kind of whistleblows about that, uh, like a, a good, like an actual real journalist, they get kicked off of whatever mainstream media event, and they go on and do their own journalism. By that point, they've already got following and the people who like them because they're kind of truth tellers in a way, right. which is what journalists should be. Yep. So you've got them, but most of them don't even break into the system of the mainstream media as right. such as we've, as we've talked about it, because if they're seen to be that way inclined, they don't get the fucking job, ultimately. Well, the mainstream media's main, and I say mainstream, I mean the ultra mainstream, I would say that's the the big five, BBC, CNN, Fox, ABC, and wherever the other one is, it's an Israeli one possibly, I can't remember, anyway, their job is not to give us the news, their job is to keep the population in check, to make them not rise up, and there's no danger of that at the moment, I've at seen, I've... At whose behest? Well... Mainstream media, I've said it before, works on behalf of the powers that be. Now, the powers that be is broad, but we see that as government and most of the 
dumb sheep out there, we'll call them that, see the government as Boris Johnson, his cronies, and you see Trump or whoever that wanker is, the old fella in charge. Biden. Yes, him. He's funny. He's Biden, his time. Until the, the other last, the black girl gets put in because that's they, not they, planned they really at all. Are just kind of like, he's got this red, I think he's got this very like shrewd, calculating team of young and career climbing politician types. From Nothing the is what it DOC seems. Yeah. Party that are literally, they're doing the metaphorical equivalent of like sort of sticking him full of steroids and, pump, and standing him up there on his plinth. Well, he delivers his speech. Yeah, he's putting his foot in the door until someone else takes over, which is kind of obvious. And it will be well Kamala within four Harris years. Yeah, her, I think so. Yeah. To become the boss when he Can you imagine? That's, that's hilarious. Black like, female and gay. She's not even gay, but does it even matter now? Wow. They know what they're doing. Kamala Harris, okay, she's female and kind of ethnic. More probably more yeah, ethnic than we um, before that. Yeah, we were yeah, we, yeah, we got sidetracked. Um, we were talking about the old um, the powers that be and how they control. Talking about media. Yeah, media. Yes, we were talking about media. The media is the BBC, corporate BBC, mouthpiece. CNN. ABC, CNN, Fox. There's a few in the Israeli and um, many would call it the uh, what's, what's the name of the Australian guy. The mogul. John Pilger? No. no. Um, Billionaire. Oh, well, media. Murdoch. Him. Yeah. yeah. The Murdoch Empire. Sorry, Jack. John Pilger, just for the... Just I know who John Pilger is. John Pilger and Rupert Murdoch are a completely opposite edge I know of, that. <laughs> of the journalistic spectrum. Because I, like, I like John Pilger very much. Yeah, same. I, I maybe know. I worded it wrong. Rupert anyway, Rupert Murdoch. Right. Yeah, okay. Oh, so. No, so, yeah. so, so, Rupert Murdoch... The purpose of the mainstream media is to keep the people in check. Um, if they didn't, the people would rise up. If they had nothing but social media, well, the truth would get out pretty quick. But the people don't want to rise up. They want to stay asleep. They're asleep. That's They're a fa you made a fast a sheep. That's, a claim, that's the claim you but made in the last project. But, and you but, haven't, am I wrong? You haven't given a good... But you can't, you can't prove you something like this because good, people look to the media for proof and the media are not going to admit this. You haven't given a good case faster sheep as in asleep and not faster awake sheep. but yes no, but if i considered myself and you consider yourself to be at least partially awake people <laughs> well, thank you for that Jeremy. <laughs> at, at best at, at best this is dave signing out as partially awake um, quarter awake at best or maybe he's yeah, so appearing to be impartial fast sheep. people you are brain dead cattle if okay can we can we go to 9-11 quickly your Why view not? Your view on that? We let's haven't we haven't touched. Oh, this is this is deep. Let's. That I, that was I the like first it. one, and then let's, COVID was the second one. So because we're at, we're at an hour and ten minutes now, let's end on a little bit of me and you doing nine eleven and the BBC. Uh, well, hang on. The BBC's involvement in nine eleven was we do that as well. about the the, right. the tower, building okay. seven f falling into its own footprint. Yes, I remember that. So I like. I think. I think. So Did Muslims do 9-11, 19 hijackers with box cutters? Your opinion. I'm asking the question. So la I think last show I told you that I like the rules of evidence. Mm -hmm. And the rules of evidence would suggest that there were three buildings that were struck and fell into their own footprints. Struck by what? Okay. The rules of evidence suggest that there were three buildings that were struck 
nothing's just sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna interrupt you and be happy minutes. okay it's, go I'm on all right fine going, right promise you jeremy right so there are three buildings that were struck and all of them fell into their own footprint right at the speed at the gravity speed close to terminal velocity yes which there's a law of thermodynamics yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That an object can always can only fall free fall if it encounters no resistance yes whatsoever. correct so the fact that buildings one and two fell as fell at speed very close to terminal velocity would suggest that that the resistance was removed as yep. they fell yep um and that's just speaking very sort of from a dry evidential mm -hmm. point of view um the fact that i think it was credibly there was nanothermite molecules found at the scene by a great guy who's working out of a, the institute of, um, does he have a name home. i forget his name now yeah i think i know the guy yeah book note there no not a good reference. I apologize for that. I'll put that in the footnote. Not the, guy that, not the guy that got killed in the car accident. No, not him. No, I know the one. Um, that was a Danish guy. There's, and then there's Building 7, which had some mild office fires mm -hmm. and also imploded at the speed of terminal velocity. Yep. And then you have a group like what seemed to be a very, very credible group, like Richard Gage, I think is Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Um, architects and engineers for 9 11 Truth almost unanimously put forward a strong case based on their expertise and knowledge of their own professions that all three buildings looked like they fell as a result of controlled demolition yes. would suggest that the weight of evidence is that all three buildings fell as a result of controlled demolition mm -hmm. and then if you're taking that from an evidentiary point of view then the questions should have to lead from that. Well, right, right. And then that leads you to well, okay, well, Pentagon. Know, why wasn't that investigated? If they fell as a result of um, the uh, demolition, who planted the explosives? Yeah. That's an important point, point of view. Assuming they were and explosives, you could assume they were explosives. Okay, even there. And then you would have to go to okay, well, did government have knowledge? Did government have involvement? Yep. How deep was the involvement? Mm -hmm. It is absolutely a conspiracy rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. um, and that's my honest view of the... I mean, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. when it happened. Not now, no. It's 20 years ago, yeah. yeah. It was 20 years ago. It was my birthday, yeah. Yeah, oh yes, of course, yeah. Um, 18th birthday. 18th wow, birthday. you were celebrating the only person. 2001. Yeah. I was trying to go out and get drunk, and I was aware that this event had just happened. Which and now it was shown on the... Somehow changed the... Uh, what you were watching on a TV in a pub. Yeah, so there's that. So that's my position on 9-11. And I'm not saying that 9-11 was an inside job, although there are reasons to suspect that there was. You didn't touch upon the Pentagon, right. if you wouldn't mind. Oh, my God. Well, I, oh, I have the same God. evidence base that you have. There was the Pentagon, the most surveilled building. Yeah, in and we see a flash world. of light. And we see a flash of light and some kind of arbitrary bits of fuselage from the plane. Uh, supposedly. I think when it comes to something like 9-11, me and you will probably singing from mostly the same yeah. sheet there. Yeah, okay, like, there we go. Um, In a nutshell. But when it, uh, so yeah, so that opens up a lot of questions. And that was why we, we as such went to Iraq and Afghanistan. Yes. And they did that with well, Vietnam, if I recall. part of the, high, the whole scenario. And the fact that we, our country, colluded 
including with the United States military, mm. occupied two sovereign nations. They call this the Western Axis of Evil. Yes. UK, I, I USA, and Israel. That That's what it is. Satans. Not us, the yeah. three of us. Not us, obviously, because we're kind of we like them. In bed with each other. And we're kind of on their side, but the fact that we are still, and I think we're, maybe we can stop. I feel very strongly about this and I get really Gone. irritated when yeah. I talk about um, Iraq and Afghanistan because mm -hmm. I think it's just like I think uh, it feels like our Vietnam in a way well it is Vietnam 2.0 really yeah. isn't it much Vietnam. like War of Terror well uh, Covid is right. War of Terror 2.0 well except this one doesn't end has the War of Terror ended Covid 2.0 I mean it's a switch that you flick on and off as you like you can Lockdown people make them scared. You can, they will do anything generally. I, I would like to think that people start waking up and smelling the bullshit, but War of Terror 2.0 doesn't end. It's flicker to switch on and off when we say you'll do what we want. I won't, of course, but most of them will, and I can't stop them. We and cannot think, stop them. I think Iraq and Afghanistan are different, but in Iraq and Afghanistan, the, there was a Stop the War March in 2003. I think it was about three million people circled through London. They walked through London. On the one day, or on the one day. Wow. Three million people from around the country, which is a significant portion. That's a big ass portion. Walk through. Five percent. Through yeah, it's close to five percent. Walk through London for one day, saying we want to stop this war. We don't want to be involved in Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Which was great. What year was this? I think it was two thousand and three. Stop war march. Wow, so that was two years on. Two years yeah, in from the okay. war. Now nothing's happened. I was there. Mm. I floated in and out of it earlier. Um, yeah. But, so, I think about, again, 60 to 70% of the UK population were, were anti-occupation of Iraq and Afghanistan. And yet it went ahead, mm -hmm. which goes to your point about how government is bunch of corrupt lying bastards if they can't respond to the popular pleasure to, to the opinion of the well that was undoubtedly anti these wars that is a further topic it is um online petitions and what is the other one petitions when you when you protest you um both are meaningless because you're basically asking for permission to be free although in a petition not to go to war with iraq you're not quite asking to be free. You're saying, don't do this, don't do that, please don't do this. Um, I suppose that's the only way you can have a voice, but generally speaking, I don't do either petitions or protests because I do not need permission for anything because I am a free man and this earth is as much mine as it is anyone else's. Regarding that war, yeah. Dude. It's a big, big subject, that one. And it goes way beyond 9-11. It goes before that to the Vietnam and the Gulf of Tonkin and Cuba. And you, you, you can go on and on. But 9-11 is probably the most well-known one. about false flags as a pretext for war. Of course. And that's, okay, well. So this, okay, so this has been Conspiracy Part 2. Well, it hasn't just been Conspiracy Part 2. We've talked about more than that. But we'll have to do Part 3. Yeah, we'll maybe 4. And probably 4 and 5. This is a long... We'll go. We'll go into that on part three. It's not going away, is it? Yeah. And we'll have our trade. We'll have some more disagreements. Sure. And some more agreements. Mm -hmm. as well. Pleasure. Yeah. Because I feel a bit. 
Yeah. I feel like actually just like physically a bit wound up after talking just about, I'm hearing the words of Tony Blair in my head, thinking WMDs. We all know know Tony Blair was George Bush's little bitch. We know that. Even the brain-dead cattle know that. They know that. They don't care. Whereas we might care, they don't. That's the difference. How about we end? Sure. Mostly agreement. Mostly agreement, sure. Sounds good. Cool. As for next time. Thank you for coming on the show, Jeremy. Thank you. you Pleasure. We'll see you maybe next week. Peace. Peace. Say goodbye, Jeremy. Goodbye, Jeremy. Bye.